Hi, this is Suparna Goswami, Associate Editor with Information Security Media Group. I have the pleasure of speaking with Steve Marshall, who is CISO at Bytes Technology. And we will be talking about something very interesting today, the security risks attached with AI meeting assistance. And the topic is more relevant now as more and more organizations rely on remote online meetings. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for joining me today. No problem at all, Sapana. Steve, recently I read an interesting anecdote on your LinkedIn post. You had mentioned that while having a remote video call, you noticed an uninvited AI assistant. Can you throw some more light on this? Certainly. So it was a it was a really interesting case because it was one that we hadn't come across before. If you don't know what an AI meeting assistant is, it's a clever piece of technology that you can invite to a meeting. It will record the call, the chat, and the video. It will then transcribe what's said during that meeting and provide outputs in a format that you can search and mine for information. Now, these are very useful tools and lots of companies use them now in order to be able to add them to a meeting, take the information from the meeting in a digital readable format that they can then push into their CRM system, mine the format and the data that comes back and add that as case notes and these types of things in into their customer relationship management system. So they get a much richer set of information for on customers, what they're looking for, technical aspects, what's been discussed and those types of things so that they can use it to service customers more appropriately. So it's a great piece of technology and it can join both video conferences, chat conferences or, or chat meetings, but it can also join telephone meetings as well. So it's not just limited to you know digital formats. It can use analog voice format as well as digital voice formats as well. The interesting thing that seems to have happened is that these seem to have been you know weaponized by external participants in order to to actually use this technology for for nefarious purposes. Um, it's very, very easy. You can go and do a search online for an AI meeting bot. You can largely sign up for them free in, in a number of cases, set yourself an account up. And then the only things that you need to do is provide the specifics of the meeting, so the meeting URL and the meeting details into that AI chat bot or translate bot. And then it will invite, it will join the meeting when the meeting occurs. So in our case, you know, we'd set up a Zoom meeting, we published the URL on the on the internet so that people could drop in. We decided to do a drop-in clinic for anybody that wanted to come and chat to us two hours. So we were all in the meeting chatting along nicely and we noticed a strange participant. It had come up with a name at company that we didn't recognize. So we did a bit of Google searching while we were on the call and we found out that it was one of these AI meeting assistants. And we looked a bit further into it and then realized that actually it was recording the call and transcribing exactly what was being said on the call. So we kicked it out of the call immediately. Fascinating. Steve, how did you guys come to know that it is an AI assistant? And plus, how does an entire thing work? Does it only work in cases where there is an open invitation, essentially, when where you don't really require an authentication? So we recognized this particular one. This particular one was was a product called Fireflies.ai, but we noticed it because the stem name of it said at Fireflies.ai, and we didn't recognize that. We'd never come across it before, so we found it. We, we then looked it up and found out that 
that this is what it was and what it was doing. Now, clearly, as things advance in terms of people, these types of solutions, nefarious ones are just going to add themselves as a, you know, as a standard name of a person. So in the UK, Dave Smith, probably nobody's really going to bat an eyelid in terms of that type of thing, or even another Supana Goswami in, in India, it's going to be much more difficult to identify these participants. In, in our case, we had an open published link, and so it was very easy to be able to scrape that off the internet. However, up until very, very recently, especially with Zoom, and I, I will reiterate that, that this can occur on any of the conferencing platforms. It's not just Zoom. It will go across Microsoft. It will go across Google Chat. Google Classroom, it will go across Skype for Business, it will go across Ring Central, all of the ones that, that you can use. Zoom in this particular case that we were using clearly is one that everybody's using at the moment is, you know, you've got massive press and these types of things. Up until very, very recently, it was only using between nine and 11 digits numbers to identify its meetings, which provides a very, very low strength for, for people actually being able to guess. The entropy is very low. It's about 30, 32 bits of, of entropy strength. So it's not very difficult to, to crack and sequence the numbers that were being used for meeting IDs. There was also a prying eye a vulnerability out where there was a website that would actually just go through and tell you what meeting IDs were valid because you could submit it to Zoom at that time and they would tell you whether it was a valid or an invalid meeting when it was occurring so then you could literally just run down every single number work out which meetings were coming up put them into the AI uh, meeting assistance now Zoom has recently fixed that However, the issue is that any legacy meetings that are still in place still have these 9 to 11 digit number within their URL, and that's the code in order to be able to identify the meeting. The more modern meetings now all use numbers and letters and, and are much, much longer, which makes the entropy much higher. They're much more difficult to crack. Sequencing and guessing is, you know, is, is, is much more difficult in that regard. But any legacy meetings are still vulnerable to this type of prying eye vulnerability that, that was identified. It's not a new vulnerability. That was actually discovered back in July 2019. And there are others that go back prior to that 2017, 2018, where people have been using meeting IDs and sequencing and these types of things in order to be able to find them. Now with the AI meeting assistants, they will handle authentication. So if you give them authentication details, they'll be able to log in. So if you've got a password and that's supplied, they'll be able to log in. If you've got a telephone number and a pin code, they'll be able to log in. That's why it's really, really important to make sure that, you know, unless you're doing open meetings, that actually you keep those URLs safe, you don't publish them, you don't post them, and you need to make sure that, you know, they're not being phished or picked up via malware or those types of things as well. But what happens when it's an open meeting? What kind of security measures should be undertaken to avoid such instances? <laughs> Yeah, so whether it's an open meeting or a, or a closed meeting, you've got very, very similar things that, that, that you can do. Generate random meeting IDs. Don't use personal ones. Personal ones are very easy to guess because they're your name and, and a couple of other identifying characters. Okay, so once that's been exposed in any way, shape or form, then it's very, very easy in order to be able to attach yourself to, to meetings that that person does because the, the URL stays the same all the time. So use random meeting IDs. That way, if one meeting's compromised, it doesn't mean that the next one will be. So you can always stop that meeting, cease, put a new meeting out with a new URL. 
Use authentication if you can. So signed in users are best because then you've got a form of authentication and identity as to, as to who that person is. To an extent, there are always issues. At worst, use a passcode in order to be able to get in. But as I've already said, you know, AI meeting assistants have the ability to be able to handle authentication. So make sure the password's kept secret. Use the lobby feature. So actually get people to come into the lobby and then admit them one by one. Don't admit them all in one go. Use capture for voice. We're kind of all used to using capture on websites where it says I'm I'm not a robot. Actually ask the person to identify themselves on the call. Make sure they've got a voice. Steve. What would be some security or technology solutions that are in place? Are there any in place for this, for handling such, a, such instances? Yeah, certainly. So you can set up how the links are displayed. You can set up whether you want authentication, whether the lobby's used. Get IT to go through these features. Also, when you're sending links out or when links are coming into you, make sure they're the correct link. Look at, you know, understand where they come from. You know, things like your mail solutions and this type of thing should be able to check that the links are safe, that they haven't been compromised or they're not impersonating because a few of the other things that we're, we're starting to see is is what's called Zoom bombing. People are actually adding themselves to, to meetings and displaying inappropriate content and these types of things. And we're also seeing people creating links that are very, very close you know, to, to these things. So Zoom, for instance, is zoom.us. We've seen one that's got three or four O's in the middle. So zoom.us, you know, it's clearly a fake link, but it's difficult sometimes to spot when you, you know, when you have these sent to you. So make sure that IT have got technology in place to, to evaluate these links, make sure they're safe for users and that you know who's in there and uh, you can control content and you can control and moderate what happens. And anything else that you want to share? So generally, URLs are getting very, very clever in terms of how they how they display themselves. If you're in any doubt, send them to your IT department, get your IT department to have a look at them and tell you whether they're safe. The IT department will be able to open them in a sandbox and, and be able to look and see whether they're nefarious, whether they try and uh, download malware or these types of things if they don't recognize the link or, or the technology that's being used. Generally, we're all pretty bad at, at just opening stuff, clicking on it quickly because we're all late for a meeting. So we all just generally tend to run in. So it's very much about technology control with IT around you know, making sure that the Invites that come in are checked and appropriately secure, making sure that, you know, they use the, the CERT facilities and um, cyber information sharing partnerships within each of your countries. They're generally run by cybercrime units or the government because they'll publish you lists of URLs and those types of things that they know that are dodgy and share the information so that as a community, we can build up a list of poor links, bad links, you know, bad actors and these types of things. And also, you know, what we're going to see going forward is a lot more malware. You know, we've seen with the likes of Emotet, actually, it's a, it used to be a banking trojan. It now steals things like full email messages and these types of things when you get infected. I can see the day fairly shortly where a new module will be added to that in order to steal links for meetings and that type of stuff, because it's an exceptionally good way to conduct corporate espionage when everybody's working at home. But also don't forget that it's easy to compromise a machine at home. You may have an unsecured router where you haven't changed the, the default admin password. You may have a printer that's easy to compromise. 
IoT that's on there, you know, Alexas and, and these types of things. And also, you know, teenagers in the house with probably lots of malware on their machines already, you know. All of that builds to uh, causing much more risk to the corporate machines themselves. So make sure as an IT department and make sure as a business that you secure these things appropriately so you don't get caught out. Thank you so much, Steve, for sharing your thoughts. No problem at all. Thanks very much for listening. It was a lovely discussion. You were listening to Steve Marshall for ISMG. This was Aparna Goswami.